Good morning. Welcome to Mosaic Community Church. I'm Reverend Angel Halstead. I'm the senior pastor of, of our congregation. It's great that you are here with us. We want you to relax and enjoy worship as we just share and worship of, of God and God's truth together. We are a community of people, a diverse community of people who love God and who believe that God wants to use us to make um, our community better. We believe that, uh, that God wants to affirm us as God's people, that God wants to use us, that God enjoys us, that God made us good, and that God wants us to see the goodness that he's placed in each and every one of us, the good that God has placed in creation, so we can enjoy it together and that we can continue to do the work that God has called us to do, to be fruitful, to multiply, to make something beautiful out of the wonderful resources God has given us. And so we in part do that in our fellowship together in our Sunday service. We come together to hear the Word of God, to enjoy each other, even in this dimension, uh, virtually. And so we invite you to add your name to the chat and let us know you're here. We invite you to sing out, out loud the words that are sung in our praise songs. We invite you, if you need prayer, to ask for prayer. But mostly, we invite you to be you. You are enough. God sees you. God desires a relationship with you. And we desire relationship with you as well. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Mosaic Community Church. Let's enjoy worship together. Good morning, Mosaic. Our opening prayer this morning is from Psalm 102, verses 1 through 12. Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come before you. Hide not your face from me in the day of trouble. Incline your ear to me. When I call, make haste to answer me. For my days drift away like smoke, and my bones are as hot as burning coals. My heart is smitten like grass and withered, so that I forgot to eat my bread. Because of the voice of my groaning, I am but skin and bones. I have become like a vulture in the wilderness, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake and groan, and like a sparrow, lonely on a housetop. My enemies revile me all day long, and those who scoff at me have taken an oath against me. For I have eaten ashes for bread, and mingled my drink with weeping. Because of your indignation and wrath, you have lifted me up and thrown me away. My days pass away like a shadow, and I wither like the grass. But you, O Lord, endure forever, in your name from age to age. The Word of the Lord.
morning, Mosaic kids and community. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't always understand what Lent or Easter was about, but what I did realize, and what I think is important for us to all remember, is the power of Jesus' love and how we're supposed to be like Jesus and love others, everybody, always. So this week, I made a love chain. I cut out strips of paper and on each one, I wrote a different action that I can do to put more love in the world. I've got things like do the dishes, or write a letter to a friend, or this one, the one I'm gonna put on here now, call my grandparents. So I'm gonna attach it. And then I'm gonna hang it up on my wall so I can remember to put more love into the world and do these things. So all of those things are ways that I can love others and show others how much I love them. But I've also got things on here that remind me to love myself. Just like Miss Melissa led us through breath last week to take time for ourselves to reflect on the Lord and God's love, I've got things on here like stop and breathe or go on a walk, or name three things I'm thankful for. So maybe you can brainstorm with your parents and siblings or your friends, different ways you can love others and put love into the world that way, or love yourself and put love into the world that way also. You know, one of the ways I also love to love myself <laughs> is by singing. So I'd like to sing a song with you all this morning. I think you'll recognize it. So, and if you do, please sing along with me. And if you don't, that's okay, because we're gonna sing it twice, and I think that you'll get the hang of it. So maybe you can just listen the first time, and then sing the next time. Love is something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away, you'll end up having more. Love is like a lucky penny, hold it tight and you won't have any. Give it away and you'll have plenty, you'll end up having more. Again, love is something if you give it away. love each other and love yourself and put more love into the world. Matthew 21 verse 28 to 32. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he didn't go. Which of the two 
did what his father wanted. The first they answered. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And after, and even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Two siblings. We can learn much from our siblings. Sometimes we miss that. When we're honest, we know it's true. We, we, we miss our siblings sometimes. We, we don't see them for who they are. We grow up together and we have these little squabbles. Sometimes we can be really mean and petty to one another. We have conflict when, you know, the times we feel like our mom and our dad might like one of us more than the others of us. Um, our place in the birthing order sometimes impacts our relationships with each other. And sometimes, it's none of that, we just, we miss it. They're right there with us and we miss their gifts. And even when maybe we don't have such a good relationship with them, we still miss the gift that they are, the gifts that are within them. And so we have to work a little bit harder so we can realize the wonder and the benefit. I think um, maybe most of us have heard, you know, or have said when we were in our relationships with our, our family or with our siblings, you watch them, you think, I don't even understand why I'm in this family. I am nothing like these people. It seems like we are from different generations and sometimes the older ones say to the younger ones like you see that lady over there I don't even know who she is because that's not the woman who raised me that's another person because um, we would have never gotten away with the things that our younger siblings may say to uh, to our parents uh, you know our parents were like mm -mm, they weren't even having it. And even now, they don't let us get away with the things that the younger ones maybe are able to do. So, you know, our relationships with our siblings can be sweet and, and uh, very loving. There, there are ways that we support each other, beautiful, um, and the closeness that, that we can form together. Uh, them making sure we learn a lesson that, that they got through pain. They want to extend the benefit, the learning to us without the pain attached. They open doors or hold doors open for us. Hmm. There are times when our siblings may treat us like yuck, but they're not going to let anybody else treat us any kind of way. They stand up for us. Now, I understand that that's not 
all our siblings. They, they're not all like that. Some of us have some really, uh, can I say this, messed up siblings. Um, they will not only enjoy, or they not only enjoy the bad things that happen to us, they want to help bad happen to us. They want to help evil happen to us. Can I tell that kind of truth today? It, it, it's really painful when we're in, when we have those kind of relationships with our siblings. Um, because we want to be close. We want something better, something more. We want what our, our parents had envisioned of this very close-knit, supportive family. But sometimes there's someone who doesn't want that, doesn't see that. And I, I don't necessarily get it. You don't necessarily get it. But it's true. But even that is a lesson for us. And we not only have our, our family of origin siblings to appreciate and to learn from and or to learn from. We have our siblings born of God. And there is much joy and pain in our relationship with the family of God. In addition to your regular times with Jesus, I've asked you to spend time with a book entitled Begin Again. Through the study, I'm asking you to have discussions with your life partner, the Holy Spirit, about the content of this book. I'm asking you to look at what has separated us from one another and not just learn about it, but to look at its impact, the impact that it's had on you and me, so we can do what needs to be done to change from within ourselves, by God's grace, and a lot of hard work. We're also coming together in affinity groups to give space, to share, to confess, to try to work out new wording to describe these things that we're discovering in ways that won't do harm. And to be corrected in the ways of things we're still holding on to by those around us who love us and care for us. The goal being good siblings, caring siblings, caring family for one another. So we can come together in a larger group, in our larger family, with all of our siblings in diversity. And we can do more to heal and to get close as a family of God and do the work that God has for us to do in making the kingdom real. Some may think that during this activity, uh, this study, um, that in doing it, uh, this is not spreading the gospel. This is not about God and Jesus and me doing being a preacher. But Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on him because he was anointed, empowered by God to share the good news to the poor. He was sent to proclaim liberty to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty all those who have been oppressed, Luke 4, Isaiah 61. And then he proceeded to do just what the scripture says he was anointed to do. He preached in every encounter 
from the healing of the human body to the making of fish dinners for his disciples who um, had left what he asked them to do. He shared in the lives of the people, talking about how the good news impacted the living of their lives in the day-to-day -day of life together. So, because he invited them and us to be members and citizens of the kingdom that was coming to earth at the time, that was to break into the earth, into the here and the now, and grow. It was to break into here and now and grow into eternity. For Jesus was not this, you know, let's wait. Wait until I, you know, and wait until you all die and I come again and the kingdom of God, you know, will come. No. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is here. And we learn that the kingdom of God is within us. And it's our job to release it into the earth. God's kingdom is here now. It's a, a different way of looking at the gospel, the good news. It's, it's not a part of that by and by message that many of us heard. And, and many of us were convinced that that was the gospel. That by and by, you know, we need to wait right now because when we get to the sweet by and by, things will be better. Uh, no. Jesus was very much involved practically in the world and continues to be practically involved in our world. Jesus is trying to teach us to hold a door open to us that he opened through his pain and his suffering on the cross. There is so much we can learn from our big brother, our sibling, the firstborn of the rest of us. So, today, here is a story that our big brother, that Jesus shared, and it's a story about two siblings. So, the first is the one I'm going to call the funky one, funky acting. The one they, uh, the one, you know, he was funky, he was disrespectful, and he seemed like he had an attitude. And I said he, but actually, I don't know, so I'll say that. It seemed like they had an attitude. And, uh... And just got in the parent's face with disrespect. And then there's the other one. The one that appears to be very sweet and very obedient. Appears to be that. This story is found in Matthew 21, 28-30. And uh, if you'll let me tell it in um, my wording, my language. Maybe it will help us understand it even more. So it goes on to say something like this in my telling of this particular story. Uh, peep this or uh, listen to this. There was a parent who had two kids. And the parent went to the first kid and said, Listen, go on up to the garden and work up there today. And that, the child said to that parent, I mean, the child had the nerve to look at that parent and say, Uh-uh, no. Nah. I ain't going. Now, this story does not give the parents' reaction, so I want all of us to take it down a notch because we may be imagining what our parents would do if we got in their faces and said, nah, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. It's not about that. 
So come back. Let's come back to the story as it is. And stay with me. So the first kid said no. But after thinking about it, that kid decided they better go on up to the garden and do as their parent asked them. So the same parent goes to the second child and says the same thing. Go on up to the garden and work up there today. And that kid, oh, that kid puts on a smile and looks their parent in the eye and says, yes, yes, my parent, I will do what you asked me to do. And then that kid kept his happy little backside, her happy little backside, their happy little backside, exactly where they were. And they didn't go up to the garden. And Jesus asked, after he tells the story, he asks a question of those gathered. But before I get to the question that he asked them, I think there's some things we need to know about the people who were gathered around. So if we move back to verses, you know, 23 through 27, in that same chapter, Matthew 21, the scripture tells us, that Jesus was in the temple and he was in the temple teaching people the people and the chief priests and the elders were there and they said to Jesus what gives you the right to come in here and teach what gives you the authority who is granting you the authority not only to do this but to do all the things you do by what authority are you doing this? And Jesus says, All right, but I'll, I'll answer your question, but first, you got to answer mine. He said, uh, Where did the baptism of John come from? Did it come from God, or was it just a thing with the people? Did the people make it up? Now, the religious leaders, they, they got in a huddle and were talking amongst themselves, and they were like, You know, if? We say it was from, John, from, from God, then Jesus is going to say, well, why didn't y'all follow John? So that's not going to work. But if we say it's from the people now, shoot, that's going to get us in trouble. Because the people, the folks who are gathered in the temple listening to Jesus, they like John. And if we say that it was just something that got made up from amongst them, we're going to lose favor with them. They're not going to like us anymore. And so they came back to Jesus after their strategy, and they were like, you know what? We don't know. We can't answer your question. And Jesus was like, okay, bet. I'm not answering yours either. That was the context in which Jesus was telling the story of these two siblings. He tells the story in the presence of, if you can see it in that group, two groups of siblings, the religious leaders, and for our case we could call them the church leaders, and the regular folks who are gathered around. We need to understand that uh, these particular leaders, these chief priests, they were politicians in the time of Jesus. They had to, to keep with popular opinion so they would hold their place, their position of authority, and not lose favor with uh, the people. 
They needed to find ways to appease the people, to make it look like they were doing what they wanted, that they were on their side all the time, that they respected what they wanted, what they needed, like the John thing. But in truth, they didn't have any respect for John. And they held little respect for the people. They wanted their position more. And Jesus was a threat to their position. So Jesus was speaking to them in this particular story. It, he, he was talking particularly to them. But everybody was invited to learn the lesson. Peep this. Listen. Think about this. And he tells the story of two, these two siblings. And he asked everyone gathered. Here's the question. He asked everyone gathered. Which of these two siblings did what the parent wanted? Which did the will of the parent or honored the parent? And they all answered. They were all in agreement. The first one did. That, that funky one, the one who had the nerve to get in his parent's face and say no. That's the one who did what the parent wanted. I remember my sermon from last week. I said... Jesus, God has never forced us to do anything. So in this particular story, the parent does not force the child. The parent makes the request, gives the instruction, and it's up to the kids to follow. So they answer. It was the first one. The first one who said no. The first one who said no thought about it and corrected their behavior. And Jesus went on to explain. He said, listen, the thieving tax collectors and the sex workers, and these were the people who, in Jesus' time, they represented those who were the least of these, those who were on the outskirts of proper Jewish, of the proper Jewish community who had respectability. They weren't accepted. They did the dirty work, the stuff that people didn't want to talk about, the respectable people snuck and did. They were part of that crowd. And Jesus said that those folks, the folks you find offensive and less than you, they will get into the kingdom before you. This was a word he gave to the chief priests. See, John came telling them to get back into good relationship with one another. John King preaching the way of right relationships, righteousness. That word righteousness isn't just a thing. It means something. It was John saying the family needs to act like family, come back together, get in good relationships. And said, and Jesus said, y'all wouldn't listen to John. But these folks, when they heard him, these folks who weren't doing initially what their parent, their heavenly parent, had asked of them, when they had time to think about what John had said, they repented and did the right thing. But you, you guys on the other hand, you still haven't listened, and you still haven't repented. So, what's up with that? You see, Jesus came to earth offering 
what Jesus came to the earth offering us was the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So it's in our participation in the kingdom, in righteousness. That is what will make everything new. There's no magic trick waiting for us at the end. We have to change. And then as we live that change out with others, they see it. And they change. And that change grows in the earth. Now, it's not some sweet by and by. It's about what happens here and now. And its impact into eternity. For some of us today, some of us were or are like the second kid. Like the chief priests and elders. We, we gave or give beautiful answers. Or we are the victims of the church leaders and those, you know, really wonderful Eddie Haskell Christians who give beautiful answers. But what they do has nothing, nothing to do with righteousness. Of working for right relationships with God and with the other members of humanity and the care of all creation. They say they're syrupy, sweet, yes, but it means nothing. That first kid, the first kid was honest. They presented themselves for who they were in the moment. They did not fake their funk. But when it came time to it, when they thought about it, they did the right thing. When the tax collectors, who were loathed by the Jews of the time, they manipulated them, they, they charged them extra when they collected the taxes and kept it for themselves. The Jewish people hated tax collectors, these Jews who were in aligned with the Roman government and abused them, took their money, abused them. And the sex workers, they don't want to talk about them. They don't want to admit, you know, you can't be a sex worker unless you have somebody coming to you for the work, right? They don't want to, they don't want to think about that. They just condemn them. But when both of these groups heard John's message, they did the right thing. They wanted the right relationships. Some of us, or... There are times when all of us struggle to see how the scripture relates to how we live life together now. We were raised by members of that second sibling group, that syrupy sweet group, who didn't, didn't feel like they had to follow Jesus. Didn't feel like there was a, they needed to have a follow through. They just needed to look the part, hold a position, and that was it. As long, as long as it looked good and sounded good, it was okay. But I'm trying to explain something different to us. I want us to see uh, what Jesus was attempting to teach us, to share with us. And what I want to do and what I'm doing is participating with Jesus in the sharing, teaching, and preaching Jesus was speaking to us today about how to dismantle unrighteousness. 
The kingdom Jesus came preaching requires righteousness, right relationships with God, with others, and a right relationship with creation. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent of the ways your relationships with your heavenly parent is funky, are funky. Repent of the ways your relationship with other human beings are funky. Repent of the ways you are not caring for creation. Repent so we can get the kingdom. We can get this party started. Jesus did not come preaching a sweet by-and-by theology where it's okay not to be a follower of Jesus as long as you have in your heart you know, in, in your heart believed and confessed with your mouth, Jesus, that Jesus came to save you. But you have no intention on believing and following Jesus in the ways of righteousness. That is a false gospel. We're called to righteousness. We're called to walk in the way of coming together to form healthy relationships with the Creator and with all creation. And that, that's what's real. That's the kingdom breaking into the earth. I asked us to read, begin again, not just so we could have um, some good or nice study on racial justice. I'm sorry, I I'm deeper than that. I, I am. I just, I know I am. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but my thoughts go deeper than that. You may want to paint me, paint a picture of me as somebody who is just seeking uh, um, racial justice, gender justice, these, 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 these attributes or, or specific areas of justice. But what I'm doing is preaching the gospel message. I'm preaching the kingdom. And the kingdom consists of righteous racial relationships and righteous gender relationships and righteous economic relationships and righteous political relationships. I'm preaching what Jesus came preaching. The kingdom of God. What it looks like in real, tangible ways. And so to experience this, to participate in it, we have to dismantle our unrighteous ways, our ways that damage relationships. So we can get on with learning how to live, how to do righteous life together. But let's be clear. We can't get on to learning about righteous life together without dealing with the practices without dealing with the practical ways we've practiced unrighteous life. There is no magic. And we don't get to skip this. We've got to do the work that's involved. We've got to address this stuff, the issues presented to us in life that get captured and talked about in books like Begin Again. And we have to do that work with the Holy Spirit. It is us understanding 
that now the Spirit of the Lord is upon us and the Spirit has anointed us so we can join Jesus in proclaiming in words and in the way we live our lives the good news to the poor. What's, what's, that, what's the news? Righteousness is here and is growing. Hang on, we're coming to the captives of race and gender and all the other false notions our society has built. It's saying, hey, the righteousness found in the kingdom is here and you can be free. You can live free. Stop waiting. Let righteousness grow in you now. Let it grow through you and into the world. And to those who've been blind to their privilege and blind to their power or blind to their power. Hey, the kingdom of God is here. Come be a part of it with us. And the word goes out to all the world, all those who are caught up in oppressive systems, there's a new system in town. It's the kingdom of God. But what I need you to do, I need y'all to go on up to the garden, to the kingdom, and work in it. And then together, we'll experience the yield of that garden, the yield of the kingdom growing in the earth and making all things new. So, what's it going to be for you today? You're going to be the first sibling? You're going to be the second? Jesus offers us this story, this lesson to learn from and to do better and to do righteousness, to participate in the kingdom. Stop waiting for heaven. The kingdom is here and it can come into our lives as much and as often as we allow it. There is no by and by Jesus came presenting, preaching the kingdom now, in his here and now. And Jesus is still proclaiming, preaching this kingdom to us, through us. The kingdom of God is here. It's your choice whether you want to be a part of it. It's your choice whether you see the activities we participate in as we live life with the Spirit. Is transforming us. It's your choice to live life with Jesus and with humanity and with all of creation in righteousness. May God help you and me in our decision-making. Amen. Amen.
Hi, Mosaic family. This is a song called Nothing Without You by Lil Reagan, and it's one that's meant a lot to me in times where I was feeling low or hopeless. Um, it's just a prayer and a cry of the heart to God, asking him to carry us when we feel like we can't go on. And I'm sure that there's a lot of times, particularly in the past year, where each of us has felt that way. And so I hope this song will be meaningful to you as well and that will echo the cry of your heart.
closing prayer is from The Divine Hours by Phyllis Tickle. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us, who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, almighty and everlasting, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.